funny how? Funny like a clown? I amuse you? What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? Welcome back to Bizarre Podcast, <laughs> Dogs Must Die. My name is Grant, you can call him Chip, and today we are continuing our coverage? It's not exactly news, this is a few years old, <laughs> of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5, Golden Wind. We, we left off with everyone g- getting stabbed and pulled somewhere <laughs> into a boat. Uh, Mysteriously, somewhere in this boat. Before we get into that, this uh, first episode here, episode six, Moody Blues' counterattack, mm-hmm. uh, starts off with the narr- narrator giving us a little bit of backstory on Abakio. Yeah, yeah, forget the cliffhanger, it's flashback time, that's what's really important. And uh, Abakio here became a cop right out of high school. Yep, he's one of those guys. <laughs> He's one of those guys. I think every graduating class has at least one guy who just goes straight to being a cop. And, like, he he never really fit in because he couldn't wrap his head around the cognitive dissonance of it all. <laughs> yeah. He he couldn't double think hard enough to be a good cop. Yeah, it's... Uh, Abakio, how did you not know all of this before becoming a cop? <laughs> we- Have you not seen cops before? Yeah. Because, yeah, the, the narrator is just showing Abakio trying to be one of the good cops while thinking all cops are good cops. And then he notices, wait a minute, people are bribing cops. People do crimes. And also, <laughs> the people who don't do the crimes get mad at the cops for not stopping the crimes. <laughs> the, the sheer lack of respect for the police force. Abakio gets beaten down enough. That mm-hmm, eventually mm-hmm. he starts to accept bribes because if he doesn't take the bribes, then someone else is just going to get paid to get to make these criminals go free. The, the point where Abakio is really upset at just the idea of bail, just the concept mm-hmm. that someone accused of a crime doesn't have to sit in prison the whole time. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. We're we're really setting him up to for like a, a fucking dirty hairy power trip fantasy. <laughs> but but no, yeah, the, the world eventually gets to him. He accepts a bribe from a pimp, who then robs a store and kills the teller. So we take a hard swerve into a Spider-Man origin instead. Yes, yes. Vacchio hears about this robbery and he goes into this building and it's the same pimp from earlier. This pimp who looks like a minor villain from a JRPG. He just got that. He, yeah. He's trying to talk Abakio down and go like, hey, if you, you know, fucking send me to jail or whatever, I'm going to start blabbing about the bribe you accepted from me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is freaking Abakio out. So he puts down his gun. He he, he yeah. is, uh, you know, giving into the blackmail. And that's when from out from behind his back, the robber pulls his hidden gun. We could have presumed he had a gun. He shot the teller. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that big a surprise. Um, but but in this altercation, Abaki, of course, ha- has a partner on his beat who, who lunges. Uh, uh, they each shoot each other, and uh, the, the, the partner dies first. Yeah. The robber I- is shot, and over the course of the next 20 seconds, goes, just goes, fuck! Ow! <laughs> I'm gonna die! <laughs> While Abakio's partner says nothing, because he is yeah. dead. He is super dead. And after this happened, like, the, the death of his partner... Turned Abakio into a fashion goth. He, oh, yeah. He turns into <laughs> an extreme goth, an alcoholic goth. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And he quits the police force. He's labeled a dirty cop. 
And like, gotta say, even though this scene is showing him being a, uh, an alcoholic, just just drinking himself into a deeper, darker depression, he's got to still be a bit of a functional alcoholic to get his hair like that. <laughs> Well, no, no, he's really letting himself go. That's that's not a darker shade of purple. That's his natural color showing through. He's not touching up his roots anymore. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is there a way to get your roots to come back in in a way that comes into that star pattern? I have no (laughs) idea. I've never dyed my hair. So so this is when Bruno Bucciarati comes knocking on a rainy day with with a proposition to, you know, take life by the horns again. And yeah. uh, that that brings us to our OP. Mm-hmm. B- back in the action, re representing the cliffhanger, you know, t- tentacle hand grab ass, you know, rapier through the back, the whole thing. Yep. Butrati decides, okay, they're getting yanked somewhere in uh, into the boat. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. why don't we just use sticky fingers here and we just unzip the top of the boat mm-hmm. and just <laughs> see where they're at? There, there are some quick exchanges before they do this that I think are, are fun. Uh, Abakio thinks to himself about uh, Giorno's, you know, you know, leap headfirst into danger. Quote, yeah. honestly, this guy's a total whack job. What the hell were you thinking? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but they figure since the fly is still buzzing around, the, the, the shoe fly, don't bother me, is, is still flying around. That means Giorno must be still alive. And if he's still alive, all of their mm-hmm. other friends are also still alive. Yeah. Abakio is saying just we shouldn't actually go down into the boat. That seems mm-hmm. way too dangerous. And so, yeah, this is when they decide to just have sticky fingers go crazy, unzip a big hole in on the boat. And I like that once the... A big chunk of the floor has been turned in, has a, a big zipper on it. When mm-hmm. they unzip it, the floor sags like it's cloth. Yes. <laughs> so that fly, in its aimless buzzing, is getting closer and closer. So that must mean the stand user is getting closer. Ah, everybody jump in the hole. Ah. So, so they look around downstairs and, and Butrati's like, okay, bud, it's time for you to bring out that stand. No, Nobody's looking. It's okay. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so we meet Moody Blues, who is a late 90s blobject of a man. <laughs> yeah. Not too many features on it. It's just kind of a smooth purple man with not really any facial features. It's got, okay, actually it has like gray leggings on and it has an ass. <laughs> There's a shot where you see it running and you see it from behind and it just has an ass ass across its forehead it's got a liquid crystal clock display yep. so so yeah th- this is definitely a, a a nickelodeon brand alarm clock except it's not <laughs> orange and green it's purple and gray it's it's like it's napster colors is what it is mm, yeah yeah and uh to, to go along with that sort of music theme it's got telephone handset uh uh sort of speakers like th- those discs of holes, basically. Yeah. Four eyes, four shoulders on the backs of its hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, they, they bring this stand out uh, and they get back to the top of the deck and then we start to see what his stand can actually do. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And this is, this is the detective stand. Yes. Uh, it is used for crime scene recreations. <laughs> yeah. They want to recreate the events of what happened a little bit ago. So Moody Blues goes and stands where Narancho was earlier in in this boat trip. And the stand just turns into Narancho. 
mm-hmm. but with the liquid crystal display still on his forehead. While it screams can... a dial tone. Yes. The display reads uh, five minutes. This stand essentially lets you see what happened in the last five minutes of a person's existence. Well, I mean, they set it to five minutes. There, there's no oh, idea. They set it to five minutes. That, That's right. At least not at this point that there's any limit. Like it could be like, show me what Naranja was doing last Wednesday. Right. Right. <laughs> nothing. Nothing useful. Uh, that that's what he was doing. So five <laughs> minutes ago, Narancia was sitting back on the deck, jamming out to his tunes. And they're like, okay, all right, let, let's scrub forward a little bit. And so uh, they, they go through the whole Bucciarati's presentation on what they're even doing on this boat and all. And then Narancia, the, the recreation of Narancia, has a puncture hole in the back of his neck. Yeah. And he deflates like a balloon complete with balloon deflation sound effects <laughs> yep oh there's a really good well animated shot that's like a close-up of narancia's face deflating but his eyeballs are still staying the same size so they're just bulging more and more more out of his face yes that that gets us to the like mid-episode title card here that's introducing the enemy stand in full Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, this stand is not named in dialogue either it's i don't mm-hmm. know if, how much of a trend that's going to be going forward so yeah. let's just say this is soft machine or mm-hmm. tender machine in the localization mm-hmm. it's it's a sensual machine mm. mm-hmm. yeah the, the stand is uh kind of like a pale green spikes all over it the top of its head looks like a jello mold. The same sort of spikes its user has all over, but yeah. we presume that's part of his shirt. Uh- <laughs> yes. Uh, and yeah, it's got a little rapier, and the top of its head looks like it's got a jello mold on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the rapier seems to be a variable length, because when it stabbed through Giorno, it was like fucking sword length, but it's more yeah. often shown as just like a little 8 to 12 inch dagger blade. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like living asparagus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but back in the episode, we immediately see uh, more of Narancia deflating with goofy balloon deflating noises. And he starts to, once he gets flat enough, starts to get pulled through the drain that he was that was near him where he was standing. He looks like he smoked pot in a 90s PSA. <laughs> that Yeah, that's a very good description of <laughs> what he looks like right now. Yeah, this is Narancia on drugs. Two-dimensional. And so, yeah, he just gets sucked down the drain pipe. I think I said something about that last week. I, I'm pretty sure I should feel good right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so they uh, surmise this is what the stand can do. It can turn people into rubber. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they, they investigate this a little bit more because, like, halfway into Narancia getting pulled into the drain, they, they pause Moody Blues. So mm-hmm. it, Narancia just freezes in place. And then, yeah, this is where... Bruno like grabs uh, Narancia and goes like his nails and his flesh, even his belt buckle are all rubbery, like a weird condom. <laughs> Not like one of them normal condoms. <laughs> a weird condom. <laughs> I mean, condoms aren't usually person shaped. That is pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, yeah, this is where they they figure out. Okay, this guy's power is to just deflate stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he's using that power to deflate himself and just crawl around in impossible gaps like some sort of tombs or something. Yeah, yes, very tombs-like. He's going to eat our livers, oh no. They they unpause Moody Blues and just 
because it is now following the same path that Narancha did, and it is still Moody Blues that is traveling through these pipes, Narancha or uh, Abakio can kind of sense where Narancha was taken. They're they're using that sense to just sort of like by by stand sonar try try and track where he's currently hiding in the boat. But everywhere the the sticky finger zipper punches, the you know he opens up, looks inside, can't find the user, can't find the the other deflated friends. What's up? And this is this is starting to freak everyone out. They they keep zipping unzipping stuff. It's just not not getting them anywhere. And so so Moody Blues reverts back to its own dang self, and yeah. and just starts punching the pipe it's in <laughs> to to really yeah. like drive home the sonar comparison or like trying to, to like I don't know where I set my phone down. Someone call me. You know it, it's that <laughs> yeah yeah. And they can hear it, but like they can't see it even when they get really close to the source of the sound. It's just baffling, and Avakio decides, okay, I'm going to do some crazy shit here uh, and try to and, and finally solve this for real. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is when the enemy stand starts uh, approaching Moody Blues, and he tries to go in for a punch, and Avakio's just like, I fucking figured it out. I solved it, dude. Uh, yeah, he, he's like looking up at gulls circling overhead and, and looking over his shoulder at the mast. And he's like, yeah, I know everything. Time to die. <laughs> yep, he gets stabbed and deflated as he is pulled into uh, an open hatch on the boat. His bloody deflated hand slaps Jordo across, or uh, uh, slaps Bruno across the face. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and now it's just, it's just, Bruno, all alone. Everyone else has been taken out and, and deflated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bucciarati is is so dang frustrated. He he like wigs out and just starts punching furiously, zippering the whole deck inside out practically. Mm-hmm. And that is when Zucchero begins to taunt him. Mm. Mm. But Zucchero's not really there. Uh, Soft Machine isn't really there. All we have is the fly. <laughs> Yes. So the fly begins representing Zucchero standing in for him in the scene. Yeah, because the fly is just following where, wherever Zucchero is. So it's like the fly is the evil one here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we didn't mention it before, uh, but Zucchero's English voice we, we heard very recently as Yoma in uh, The Spake Rohan The Run. Oh, okay. So go back a few episodes in the feed to hear some more of his credits. Yeah. And so, yeah, this fly is, is uh, going around Bruno in, in circles, and mm-hmm. Zucchero is just telling him, hey, fucking tell me where that treasure is, tell me where Popo's treasure is, and maybe I won't kill every single one of your friends who I have, like, in my clutches right now. <laughs> and this is where... Zucchero is making it very, very clear that if Bruno does anything but tell him where the money is buried, the team dies. He, he's not allowed yep. to ask questions. He's not allowed to pause. He's not allowed to say anything else. And all of this is just being screamed at the top of his lungs. Yeah. This is a very shouty fly. Yeah. And this is where Bruno, it seems like everything has clicked for in his mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't comply. Zucchero is just like, okay, time to fucking kill every single one of your guys. So Bruno starts talking about the birds. 
Yeah, he starts talking about the gulls. Yeah, like, oh, you thought these were seagulls, but they're not. They're black-tailed gulls. I can tell because of their call. I might have been able to tell because of their black tails, but okay, sure, sure, sure. (laughs) And this is irrelevant as far as i can tell it is no idea what the point of this this fun animal fact is yeah i don't know i don't know just to show that he's really calm right now and collected i guess i guess is it just like i know something you don't know it's a completely pointless thing i also know what you know your secrets. So, so yeah, all of those punches earlier weren't just a, an act of frustration. No, he was punching holes in the boat. He's intentionally sinking the boat, and it has mm-hmm. finally begun to take. Yeah, and as the boat begins to sink, he he explains that, hey, it was Abakio who showed me the secret of this boat and what was actually going on. That there were two boats all along. (laughs) Yes, this is a wild twist. Uh So Bruno noticed when Abakio got pulled into that open hatch, the blood trail that that streaked across the floor ended right before the hatch. It didn't like get pulled into the rest of it. Mm -hmm. So he realized it wasn't just that Zucro was, you know, deflated and in like little you know traveling in like little pipes and in cracks and stuff he deflated a second boat yes and wrapped it around the boat they rented yes. like skin like boat skin and he was <laughs> traveling between the thin layer between the real boat and the boat skin mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so so now what happens now what happens is uh, uh, the the real boat inside the skin boat uh, has been taking on water and is beginning to sink. So the skin boat peels away and, and yeah. comes off of it, like revealing uh, uh, the real boat inside. And like we, we thought we were on the Lagoon 2. I mean, technically we were. But within it was the Lagoon 1 now revealed as it falls to, to you know, the, the center of, of Naples Bay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, while Lagoon 2 becomes a real boat again to, to act <laughs> as a lifeboat because Zucaro doesn't want to die out here, at least not by yeah. drowning. That's not the plan. Mm-hmm. And so everyone is intact and safe on the real boat that was until a moment ago, <laughs> the skin boat. <laughs> While the original real boat they thought they were on, but they mostly weren't, <laughs> is sinking to the bottom of the bay. Yeah. It's very uh, clear. Everyone understands. Everyone understands. And that is when Zucaro steps out with his stand's blade to Abakio's throat. Yep. His deflated, rubbery condom throat. <laughs> um, and this is when Abaki Bruno just goes, you know what? I'm just going to unzip my own arm and rocket punch you. It's so fucking cool. Do you think he's done this move before or is he inspired by Giorno? Oh, is, I is think this he's like, inspired by Giorno. Yeah, yeah. That This is an illustration of their their uh, short but strong relationship and how mm-hmm. just Giorno's presence is making the team like more creative, more daring, more effective. Yeah. It looks fucking cool, though. <laughs> it's really cool. You, yeah. you, I've... I mean, ever since what what the um the the temperance fight, I've been really into people summoning their stands as power armor. Yeah, yeah. And when it lets you rocket punch, that's baller as shit. Yeah, it's 
<laughs> it's one of my favorite thing that he does occasionally with sticky fingers is just the rocket punch. It's like 30 feet away. Just punch him right in the th- yeah. fucking throat. Right in yeah. the throat to land a zipper punch and decapitate him. His head comes off. Yes, he unzips his head. <laughs> and, and so and, and so this episode ends with Abakio and presumably the others, though they're not shown, like returning to normal and, and puffing back up, sounding like, you know, uh, uh, you're inflating an air mattress for an unexpected guest. <laughs> the en- episode ends here with Abakio just going like, hey, man, nice job. <laughs> So then we get our our, uh, ending credits, and um, I'm sure, I'm sure people have been yelling at me these last few weeks for not not pointing out that uh, uh, Freakin' You is in the Magic Mike XXL soundtrack and film. Uh, (laughs) It it is the song Mike dances to in Savannah when he's trying to convince that lady to be their MC on their big road trip. It's where he meets Donald Glover and Twitch from So You Think You Can Dance. Yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> but there's a post credit scene. That's unusual for this show. Yeah. It's 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 been a while since there's been a post credit scene. But yeah, we we go back to uh that flashback where uh Butrati and Abakio first meet. Mm-hmm. Uh and this is Butrati telling, you know, the the drunk Abakio at his darkest moment to like, "Hey, dude, join my team. I'm putting a group to, I'm putting a team together." Like, this is just where Bakio says, hey, fuck it. Yeah, yeah. And, we, we just see him make the choice of, you know, the fellowship of good criminals over the black doorway of despair. Yeah. And that leads us to episode seven, Sex Pistols Appears, part one. Episodio sete, indeed. Epis- episodio, yeah. But before we move on, though, like, I try, mm-hmm. I try is an operative word, but I try to listen to all of the bands or, or all, of, all of the references, <laughs> whether it's an album or a band or just a song. Those ones are are great. They go quick. It's just one song. Yeah. And like Moody Blues is an interesting case of what I, I like to think of as a, a retroactive one-hit wonder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They had a perfectly successful, wonderful career, but as as time marches on, it's just nights in white satin. Yeah. <laughs> and that's I mean that that's just how it shakes out. I'm sure they're all doing fine. But mm-hmm. Soft Machine. Soft Machine is the fucking worst thing I've listened to for this show. <laughs> I hate Soft Machine. It's unlistenable garbage. <laughs> okay, hold on. I'm going to pull this up real quick and just take a quick listen, because I have never heard Soft Machine. Soft Machine is, guess what? It's another fucking experimental weird underground prog rock band. Okay, uh, that's fine. Some of them are good. Soft Machine isn't. <laughs> I listened to like 10 minutes of their first album and I just, it's just bad. It's just bad. And yeah. I thought, you know, hey, maybe, maybe I'll try again. What's what's one of their more uh, uh, highly regarded albums? Okay, their third one, just called Third, Fine, Whatever. <laughs> just actively hostile. No, no, it's terrible. This sounds bad. It is bad. It sounds bad because it is. This first song where it sounds like they are just touching knobs on (laughs) things and just turning them a lot back and forth. This is so bad. Yeah, like you hear so so many songs of like, 
uh, uh, people like, oh yeah, I was, I was listening to records in my room and, and, my, and my dad banged down the door and said, turn that off. That's not music. That's just noise. And like, you think they're talking about the Rolling Stones or some shit like, oh yeah, parents yeah. Don't, just don't understand. If they're listening to this, your dad was right and you should have turned it off. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, this is literally, this one song is literally just noise. <laughs> I went to a different song 20 minutes in, and it is still noise, but at least there's a pan flute on top of it. <laughs> Ooh, whoa, we're getting close to like a melody in this one. Be careful. <laughs> there's instruments in this. It's not just white noise. Uh, I don't like this. Yeah, I'm done with this. Episodio Sete, Sex Pistols Appears, part one. Uh, the, the crew is all just like checking out their, their bumps and bruises for, from that mm-hmm. fight uh, until Narancha becomes angry enough to lead them all in kicking the shit out of Zucaro's corpse. Yes, yes. And again, <laughs> I have to voice my surprise that this story ran in the same magazine that did Naruto. <laughs> yup, yup. <laughs> And as they're kicking the the headless like body, his still alive head, which yeah, is like yeah. several feet away, is just watching his body get kicked as tears stream down his face. I thought he was dead, but I guess I'm learning more about how zippers work. Yep. He has no control over his body, but both pieces of him are still living. Yeah. All right. I'll 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 mark it down. Sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, while his head is wincing in pain, uh, uh, Giorno picks up the wallet that fell out because they were beating his body so hard, (laughs) checks his ID and wonders, hey, what the heck this Roman thug is doing here? He told you repeatedly. He told told Bruno very explicitly what he's doing here. So they need to get information Mm -hmm. from this guy. Uh, uh, But first... We have we have a little travelogue moment from the narrator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to learn about the island of Capri, uh, which is sort of you know bounding the the uh, uh, bay of, of Napoli. Sure, I say sure dismissively. That's an actual geography fact. Yes, yes, indeed it is. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but but the the gist of this is that you know the the island of Capri is Greek tested and Italian approved, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Beautiful soaring cliffs and, and ancient culture and traditions. Everybody loves it. That's why we're going to find it full of tourists in a moment. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, Mista is now yelling at the head, like, hey, you're, you're going to tell us everything you know. You probably got a, a, an accomplice or maybe more. We need to know everything about them and everything you told them. Hey, Mista, if you want him to answer questions, maybe unzip his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Let's think realistically here. Uh, meanwhile, like Bruno is scanning the horizon with some binoculars to see like, okay, is anyone else following us? Because if one guy got onto our boat and almost killed all of us, I'm pretty sure there's probably at least a handful of other dudes probably coming after us right now. And, like they, they've been basically sailing in circles. They they took th- a wrong turn out of the bay and, and are just coming back around to Capri trying to cover yeah. their tracks. But if somebody knows, then they know. Yep. And now we're back to Mista uh, interrogating this man's head. Yeah. Uh, he's like, hey, there's some things in this boat that aren't mine. Which one should I use on you? And it's a <laughs> pair of glasses and fishing wire. So he decides, eh, why not both? And and on the end of that fishing wire is a fish hook that he uh, uh, hooks onto the eyelid, the right God. eyelid. 
God. And then just sort of flings him around like a grappling hook. <laughs> yeah. So that he wraps around a part of the mast and is just hanging from from it on the fishing wire. And you can see his eyelid, like, because of the weight of his head, his eyelid is getting pulled because the fish hook is going clean through it. Ugh. Uh-huh. And so on this bare, unclosable eye, Mista sets up, you know, uh, uh, these eyeglasses just right so that they focus uh, the sunlight into a point like he's trying to pop ants on the sidewalk. Yep. Uh, in order to, to, like, burn this, this unclosable eye. And what they make him watch is a <laughs> dance party. Yeah, they all start dancing. A very 90s uh, uh, music video pops out. The, the, the kind with, like, like the Smashing Pumpkins kind with some, some shaky, yeah. uh, uh, very alt animation. Not the kind with, with big billowing curtains and wind machines like every other music video in the <laughs> 90s. Yeah, and it's it's like a whole dance number. It goes yes. on for like f- almost a full minute. They are interrogating him through the the medium of dance. And so all of these <laughs> like diegetic elements of like oh the the, the rainbow sheen, the the rainbow cast by the the prism effect of the glasses and the the haze of the heat and the actual choreography all coming together to make it's it's just a music video. It, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's ever done a torture scene vis-a-vis music video. Like, I love it. I love this scene. Uh, it's also very good in the manga. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I really like it here, too. I, I love the way his, his head shows up like in, in different cuts in the center, and it's all like wiggly-woogly, like a... Like an MTV, t- uh, uh, like station ident or something. Yes, yes. Yeah. I really like what they did because, like, that stuff wasn't in the manga. That's entirely like an anime edition. That that stuff, I believe. It just looks really cool. It's it's fun when when shows get to throw in a completely different style or direction of animation in just for fun. So so the dancers we have here are of course Mista, Narancia, and Fugo. Meanwhile, Abakio is just like. Hey, idiots, this is literally what my stand can do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you want to know what he was up to before he started killing us? Uh, let's find out, you know, the way we always do. Yeah. And so we we see Moody Blues turn into Zucro, and he is uh, down in the inside the boat in the cabin talking to somebody on the CB radio. And Giorno is explicitly not allowed to see. He has to, like, turn his back and, and go to the other end of the boat. <laughs> yeah. Abakio backhands the actual head of Zucro and sends it flying across the boat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, we can see the, the flashback version of Zucro here is talking to someone on the, the radio saying, Hey, I've already taken out four of these d- guys. Uh, and they're heading for, they're trying to head for this island. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you could just like go ahead, go to that island now while I'm fucking with these dudes and start looking for the treasure. And so, yes, th- this other guy is uh, uh, Zucro's old friend from the car back in Rome. And mm-hmm. he has a speedboat. And so uh, is sure he's going to be able to get to Capri before this yacht does. Yeah. 
So what do we do? What's the plan? How how do we roll up? There's a uh, there there might be an ambush waiting for us. Do we know there's only one guy? And as they mm-hmm. are debating and sharing their their like worries and their ideas and their perspectives, Jorno cuts straight through this to and says, "Hey, I'm going to turn this life preserver into a fish." <laughs> yeah. And this yeah. fish is going to tow me as I swim to the island and therefore get there faster than the guy in the speedboat. <laughs> or at least faster than this wind boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jordo just takes the fish. Yeah, because he's got a golden dream and nothing's going to stop him. Mm-hmm. He's, he's going to be the advance party to, to scope out and, and ambush the ambush. Because uh, nothing is going going to stop him from from killing the boss. He he still hasn't told them what his golden dream is, but they everyone knows it's very important to him. Yeah. And then Mista steps up and is like, "Hey, I want to ride your fish too." How many people can that fish hold? Yeah, th- this is happening while Abakio is like just laughing about this, going like, "Jorno, you're dumb as hell. I don't think you actually know what you're doing. How are you going to do this?" And that's when Mista just like, "I'll do it." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll ride on the fish too. That sounds cool. I will bring my stand sex pistols. It's eight little guys that live in my gun. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's excuse me. It's six little guys that live in my six gun. Six little guys localized into six bullets. Not nearly as good as sex pistols. Very descriptive, though. It's you know yeah. exactly what it is. Yep. So yeah, you may have thought, oh, Mises' stand is his gun, like whole horse. No, it's a normal gun. <laughs> There's just guys in the gun. They they hitchhike basically, uh, uh, and they they are not even the bullets kind of like Emperor. No, they're just little guys that like to ride bullets, mm-hmm. and then in midair they can punch and kick the bullets to redirect <laughs> them. <laughs> yeah, or do other little guy mischief. They're very very little guys. Yeah, they're they are literally the size of like bullets. They're tiny. So yeah, both. Jarno and Mista make it to the island mm-hmm. uh, after a Sex Pistols title card. We, we've already hit yep. mid episode. Jarno is, they're both hiding behind like a little pier, and Jarno's trying to scout ahead uh, with some binoculars to see if there's mm-hmm. any suspicious characters. And while he's doing this, he's like, What, Mista, where'd you go? And he turns around, and Mista has set up a little dinner table. <laughs> Uh-huh. How did he bring all of this with him? His his answer to the question, how do we find, you know, the, this killer among all these tourists is a big picnic. That's how. Yeah. Like, he's like, it's way past lunchtime already. I wanted to go to that restaurant over there, but, you know, bad guys might see us. So mm-hmm, let's mm-hmm. eat over here. And Jorno's like pleading with him. We only got a 20 minute head start ahead of the boat. We got to take this. We got to take care of this guy before he gets the drop on everybody. Come on. This isn't just like a little snack. He he's got wine, a full bottle of wine. Yes. He's slicing up a salami. Yeah, he's slicing up a whole salami. This isn't like a baggie with slices in it. He had a whole salami on him. This man's pants are so tight. This was not in his pockets. (laughs) <laughs> yeah he he's got bread he's got like a whole roll here he's got i think what is some type of cheese misa starts explaining that like hey this is necessary for what we're about to do i gotta feed my little guys what part of lunch break don't you get it's lunchtime now so i'm eating lunch yeah <laughs> and and so he opens up his gun the his revolver 
and all six of Sex Pistols come out, and they're they all have their own little personalities. They can all talk, and Mista is feeding them. They, they all have slightly different uh, uh, markings, including the big numbers on their forehead, of course. Yeah, one, two, three, five, six, and seven. Yeah, the, these guys are <laughs> they're they're all they're little they're yellow. They're yes. little yellow guys, and they got kind of bulgy eyeballs. They they all have big grins on in some fashion. They just they're all they're always baring their teeth. They're little freaky guys. Longtime listeners will remember in a, 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 one of our very first episodes, you did promise there are minions in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yes, it is. It's it's these guys. They're minions. <laughs> <laughs> they're naked minions. Where are your overalls? Yeah, oh, no. no overalls here. They're just yellow. Uh, and Mista is feeding them tiny little salami slices. And they're chewing through them very quickly. They're like little puppies in that some of them just like push the other puppies away when they're feeding. <laughs> and those are like the runts. And like they punch each other sometimes. And he has to like tell them the... Co- He's like a parent to his stand. Yeah. So so on the one hand, his stand seems to be unionized. And they take their contract very seriously. They, they have a <laughs> yeah. mandated lunch break. Uh, uh, and they they will not do any fighting until that is observed. But on the yeah. other, he's he's a babysitter. He's constantly babysitting his little guys. Yeah, and, yeah. and making sure they they don't beat up on the little one too much. <laughs> Poor number and, three. Yeah, and now that all all of Sex Pistols has been fed and everyone's happy, it's time to get down to business. We we got Mista kind of going ahead in uh, deeper into the island here Jorno mm-hmm. is staying behind with like a radio to scout and and give mista information as he is sneaking around the island so so as mista comes up alongside the sort of guard shack you know by, by the harbor th- that is when everyone's in position and the the plan can begin because Jorno has himself a radio I I guess they 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 packed up big duffel bags and turned yeah. them into like ladybugs or something to come along with. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> and so he's radioing in a call for this mystery man from his accomplice Zukuro to to sort of like find him out and and bring him to the guard tower, which is when Mista will assassinate him. Yep. But nobody is taking the bait. Like the, this, like harbor attendant is just like, "Hey, we got we got a radio call from a Mister Zucaro. He, he says it's urgent. Does anybody here know a Mister Zucaro?" And there's nobody moving. There's there's nobody looking up or, or going to take that call mm-hmm. until there's a guy already in the shack. We recognize <gasps> him as the guy from the car, uh, uh, but he is so clever. And so sly, he knows that there's there's a back door. They were only watching mm. the front door. There's a back door to this shack. It's it's a pretty simple problem. <laughs> this guy is uh, never named. No. His name is Sale. Okay. <laughs> which means salt. They are salt and sugar. Oh my god. They're sure. they're the flavor grain bros. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sale's oh, English voice, uh, uh, you might recognize as Izumi Miyamura in Horamiya. Mm. or uh, Daya Irma, one of the, the pilots in 86, or, okay. for for our purposes, Jules in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Hey, there we go. He's the workout king. Nice. While his Japanese voice is Nero in Devil May Cry 4 and 5, and Genos mm. in One Punch Man. Oh, okay. 
yeah, Giorno has has spotted Sale in here, and he's trying to signal to Misa like, "There's a fuck, the fucking guy is in there," and he's just waving his arms wildly. Yeah, they, they didn't really work out enough hand signals to say he's already in there through the back door. They don't have that. Yeah, and so instead, Misa is just like, "What does that mean? The radiant the the guy is coming," and so he sticks it his head around the corner and then he starts walking forward and he's about to cross the window that mm-hmm, Saleh mm-hmm. is looking right out of and that happens and Saleh's just like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> so so Giorno shouts through the radio uh, in, in order to to like tell Mista what he he needs to know uh that you know he's in full view of a guy who will recognize him and yeah, should, and should probably uh, uh, act accordingly, uh, which of course also alerts the guy who's you know inside with the radio. Everybody knows everything now at this point. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, Misa fires two shots through through the blinds that closed immediately, so so Misa wouldn't get a, a look at his face. But but that means there's two little sex pistols in there. <laughs> yep, and they they're riding the bullets, and sometimes when they ride the bullets, they go yeehaw. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> And so the one on the lead bullet uh, uh, jumps off while the lead bullet just hits a wall harmlessly and then helps uh, uh, redirect the second bullet by kicking it right into the right ankle of Saleh as he runs out the back door. Yeah, both of these little guys land on a table nearby and then they do a little dance and like high five and elbow bump. They love to do little dances and high five and elbow bump. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It keeps happening. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's when Mista comes inside and they, like, give him a report. Yes. And yeah. he congratulates them for doing such a great job. He's a very supportive papa. I, I love his relationship with his stand. Yeah, yeah. And, like, they both jump into his open palm and then they do another little dance. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> they, they can't stop it. They love to dance. They're very excitable little guys. I love Sex Pistols. <laughs> All they want to do is dance and have some fun. And the thing that's the most fun to them is shooting people in the ankle. They love it. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, Mista is is now following the blood trail, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Sally's blood trail. And it, it leads to, like, a, an 18-wheeler. Yeah, yeah. O- over toward, you know, the, the driver's side door in the cab. And so Mista spends a lot of time thinking the situation through. A lot more time than I expected from the loud one of the group. <laughs> yeah. Like, he comes off in his, his first scene as a shouting hothead, but he, he is thoughtful. He is a planner, yeah. which is, you know, unexpected. Mm-hmm. Until, of course, the engine starts, and then he's just got to make a snap decision anyway. Yeah. So he leaps onto the running board, raises his gun at a terrified driver. (laughs) (laughs) Just a normal man. He's just like, ah! While Giorno is is just now from, you know, his point way out on, on by like a buoy, you know, protecting the the harbor from waves, he's finally run up to the guard post. And that's the end of the episode, bringing us to yep. Episodio Otto, Sex Pistols Appears, Part 2. We we start off with a quick little recap of what happened right at the end, uh, going to the OP. And then another flashback! Yay! Yeah, it's time to get some backstory on Mista. And, and young Guido Mista, he enjoyed the simple things in life. Yeah. Simple things like catcalling and mugging people to go to the movies. 
and cheese. And the narrator makes all of these things sound equally idyllic and pleasant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes he'd get his ass beat in a in a back alley, and you know what? Isn't that great? <laughs> Isn't it great just get your ass beat sometimes? Uh, he he just liked to to stick to the simple pleasures of life, beating up people for not liking his favorite movie star, objectifying women in the street, and not mm-hmm. worrying about uh, uh why the world is the way it is. There's a very kind of stiff and literal feeling translation in the subtitle that is very funny out of context all the same. Mm-hmm. Mista regarded complex thinking as bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so at age 17, Mista sees a woman being severely beaten inside a car, and so he begins to beat the attacker. Yep. Who draws a gun and shoots at Mista twice and misses. So then... Two more guys come out of that car, and now all three of them are just unloading with their guns on Mista, and he is still untouched. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He steals one of their revolvers and loads it one bullet at a time, standing there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, so when Metal Gear Solid 2 comes out. Yeah. You think? Hmm. You, th- you think Fortune has her roots hmm. in Guido Mista? I wonder. Yeah, I've never, I've never heard or seen Kojima mention JoJo in any capacity, and he okay. talks about the shit he likes a lot on oh, Twitter. Like I'm, I'm but... not saying it. it's an impossible coincidence. I think it probably is, but, but it makes you think. Yeah. When I when I saw this scene, I also can't help but think about Fortune. <laughs> <laughs> So Mista, though, Mista cannot be hit, but Mista also cannot miss. Yes. M- Mista just loads this gun bullet by bullet as every bullet misses him, and he just blasts every criminal, every guy here in mm-hmm. the head. I mean, if he blasts every criminal in the head, he'd, he'd, he, he wouldn't survive to meet Bruno. But, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, these three guys. Yeah. So back in the present, our, our sharpshooter extraordinaire... Uh, uh, is leveling his gun at this driver, who he doesn't know isn't the guy. It sure looks like the guy. The blood trail went right up to the cab. But guess mm-hmm. what? He is insightful. And, and out of nowhere, he, he shifts his aim and shoots a, a guy unseen to us, the viewer, standing on top of the truck. And yes, it is once again our Roman friend, Sale. He, he shot Sale in the fucking head. Like, yes. right above his left eyebrow. And Sale appears to be dead for a second. Then he gets back up with a bullet wound on his head. And he goes, fuck, that hurt. <laughs> I, I was not expecting him to be dead. Because at the moment of the shot, you see, a, like, the outline of a stand for, like, two frames. Like, okay. Yes. Whatever yeah. this guy can do, he did it. He's not dead. Yeah. So yeah, Misa fires a couple extra shots, uh, shocked to see that this guy didn't die from getting shot in the brain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and this is when Saleh's stand fully appears. A green a robot with teeth. Yes. What is this stand's name again? I forget the name of this stand right now. Craftwork. Craftwork, that's right. And it's not spelled like the band, but they still changed it in the localization anyway to Arts and Crafts. Yes, his name is Arts and Crafts. Uh, I stand arts and crafts the the whole look of craft work is it's got 
constantly bared teeth uh, uh, and no visible eyes in sort of yeah. a split helmet that, that makes me think it's bringing in some like xenomorph design influence. Mm, yeah, a little bit. But from the neck down, it, it's again very much a part of the uh, uh, Araki Toriyama cultural exchange. Yes, it is the kind of exoskeleton look with the the visible joints at the elbows and knees with some like complementary colored like carapace bits on the sides of the arms and legs. He looks very much like Cell mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from the neck down. God, arts and crafts. <laughs> arts and crafts. <laughs> now craft work. Craft work I can I can dig. I can listen to craft work. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're they're a foundational German electronic band. They they sort of moved electronic music out of the laboratory and into the record store. I think they have an undeserved uh, a reputation for being hard to get into, for being impenetrable. Like it might have seemed that way in 1979, mm-hmm. but now they just sound like the Killers with like uh, uh <laughs> but, <laughs> but without Brandon Flowers singing over it. Like that that's. That's what Kraftwerk yeah. is. Kraftwerk is just a, a, a predecessor to the killers and other like synth forward arena acts. Yeah. So Saleh here is just uh, saying like, hey, man, now that like I'm good, I can just like deflect all of your bullets. Also, how many bullets did you fire? I lost count. <laughs> I think you fired four bullets. And then he's like, OK, also, you shot two bullets back in the, the guard, the guard booth. So, hey, I think. Uh, I have a lot of time to just calmly come up and punch you in the face while you try to reload while hanging from the side of a speeding truck. <laughs> so yeah, that's the plan. And Mies is like, oh shit, he's got a good plan. I better not be <laughs> hanging right here. And so when he tries to leave, he can't because his hand is glued in place to, to the handrail. He, he was, you know, hoisting himself up on this whole time. So mm-hmm. he, he's a sitting duck. He's locked, frozen in place. And the driver is likewise locked in place. Like his hands are both attached to the steering wheel and his foot is attached to the accelerator. Yes. He can't not drive this truck. Mm-hmm. And you can see it's not just that like, they're glued to it. It's just like an invisible force holds them there because Mista just tries to let go of the bar he's holding on to. And even mm-hmm, though mm-hmm. his hand isn't curled around the bar at all, he's still stuck there. See, Kraftwerk's ability is to just lock objects in place, making him effectively bulletproof. Yeah. If he, he blocks these bullets and then they're just frozen there in the air alongside him and, uh, uh, and, and the bullet he caught almost too late is just penetrating his skin and not actually doing any damage to to the the brain where people keep their brains in their heads that's fine yeah he's okay <laughs> it's cool yeah the, the shot to the head gave him the same sort of injury as if like he dropped a knife on his toe like yeah yeah barely penetrated stings like hell but and so Sally here is Talking, taunting Mista and saying like, hey, so I wasn't entirely sure if this whole Popo's treasure thing is real, but since you're trying to kill me, pretty sure that means it's real. I'm hype. <laughs> I'm hype. I'm going to punch your bullets now. And that is when Mista spits out his secret bullets. Yes, he's got bullets tucked in underneath his hat. So he just kind of 
shakes his head and bullets fall out and not all of them fall into the chambers but enough do like four or five do he has four bullets and sex pistols is just as superstitious as he is yeah yep (laughs) so so but but before they even get an accurate count he fires two real quick quick enough that it seems like only one so Kraftwerk blocks one bullet and the second comes uh, out behind while Sex Pistols number six and seven, like, uh, uh, accelerate it and shoots this guy right in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And again, they're just riding on the top of the bullet, like, going yeehaw, and it's mm-hmm, great. Mm-hmm. They high five again mm-hmm. <laughs> when he gets shot in the neck. It's important to celebrate your victories, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They're just little guys. They don't get a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Saleh has been knocked off of the speeding truck. He is left behind on the the highway behind. Still alive, he was able to just barely stop the bullet from killing him. Um, And that leads us to our mid-episode title card, where we get to see Craftworks again, Arts and Crafts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, And now we see what Giorno is up to, which is uh, (laughs) following the bloodstain. Giorno is only technically in this episode. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So Mista, though, he's got four bullets on hand. Uh, mm-hmm. Now they, they know, oh, shit, f- we had four bullets all along. This is actually very bad. This bodes poorly for us. Yeah. So so he's resolved to dig deep, though, and save the day. He, he, all of his friends are riding on him. Their their lives hang in the balance, much less th- this, you know, millions and millions of, of lira in, in treasure and the, the dream of the boss becoming a capo like he deserves to be. His plan is to shoot Saleh in the mouth because he believes, I do not know why, but he believes that that is his weak point where Kraftwerk won't be able to to save him. Right. I don't... Do you know why in the world that would be? Uh, Misa plays video games. That's my only... That's the only reason why I think he would think (laughs) the mouth is the weak point. I guess he doesn't have a giant eyeball growing out of his chest. Gotta go for the mouth. Yep, yep. Gotta throw a bomb in there. I don't have bombs, so I guess bullets will have to do. <laughs> a bullet is a like the, the powder charge in the cartridge is kind of a tiny bomb. Yeah, yeah. K- kind of. It's it explodes. Kind of. mm-hmm. So uh while he is, you know, riding the truck and and like talk talking with truck man. They've left the radius of effect of Kraftwerk and are able to make choices where their body parts go. <laughs> yeah. So so Mista can climb up on top and get himself a better vantage point while the driver can choose to, you know, stop if he wants. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. But Mista doesn't want him to stop. Mista wants him to keep going because they, they got to turn back and get this guy. He's determined. Which is when he sees Saleh just floating in midair like teenage psycho Manus <laughs> piloting Sahelanthropus. Yeah, he's already ahead of the truck by a little bit. Like the truck comes to a stop here mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Saleh starts to come towards them. Not by walking across the road, but just by crossing, just walking on air essentially. Because what he's been doing is he has pockets full of rocks and pebbles and mm-hmm. he's just th- throwing them, scattering them across the air and freezing them. And then he's just bouldering across the air with them. 
It's cool as hell. It's very, very good. It's very good. This is where the driver's running gag begins. Because anytime Mm. he wants to stop, like, Meast is like, go already. You should know I want you to go. And then when he's going, Meast says, stop. Why aren't you stopping? And Mm. the the driver is expected to be a mind reader. And it's very silly. Poor driver. Mm -hmm. He's having an awful, (laughs) awful day. Yeah. And now as the, the truck speeds ahead and Mista is getting ready to fire a shot, uh, Saleh here still has some of the bullets from earlier that were shot at him. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so he is doing a Breath of the Wild trick. Yes! Yes! There is no way. There is no way the stasis power in Breath of the Wild is not inspired by Saleh. Like, oh, yeah. that team is... The, the team that makes Breath of the Wild, I mean, any game of its mm-hmm. scope, is so big, somebody on there knows what they were doing. Oh, yeah. It, they, it, it came up, even if not in a formal meeting, it came up in conversation. Yeah. Because what Saleh here is doing, you see, he has just frozen a bullet in place in midair, and he is just slow, just repeatedly lightly tapping the back of the bullet so it accumulates energy so that when he unfreezes it, all that energy hits the bullet at once, and it fires at the speed of a a bullet. <laughs> He's just going to shoot it by tapping it a bunch. It just needs the helpful little arrow, is is what it yeah. needs. He, you hear Sally thinking to himself that like, "Ooh, I'm only I'm only tapping this bullet lightly because striking it too hard will make it a lot harder to control where the bullet actually fires." <laughs> and like, yeah, this is Zelda. So on on top of this truck, we're having a, sh- a showdown at high noon, basically. Uh, uh, four shots versus one. And Mista fires three in quick succession that all go wide. While at the same time, the, uh, uh, the recycled bullet that Saleh has hits Mista right through the midsection. Yep. Things are real fucking bad. He, of course, blames the number four. <laughs> yep. Mista's in a bad way. He's, he's struggling to stand back up because of this bullet that went clean through his gut. So yeah, he's only got the one shot left, and uh, three of Sex Pistols are all loaded up onto the single final bullet. It's very crowded. <laughs> yeah, and they're all just saying like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna put our all into this final shot." Yeah, there's a lot of preamble here. Everybody's talking up themselves, their stands. Uh, all the, the the Sex Pistols are are high fiving and and really having serious time for the first time in their tiny little lives yep and and eventually it is time to shoot again and uh successfully straight into his mouth as is the plan but guess what he's fine he doesn't have a big glowing weak point in there and he mocks mista for thinking so (laughs) yeah yeah he he stopped the bullet, but, you know, it's still, like, fucked up his mouth a little bit. So while he's talking, he's just like, <laughs> ow! Like, I, I do appreciate how this guy is, uh, through the entire fight, he's in control, but he is in a lot of pain at the same time. Yes, and, and the like way those two work hand in hand is, is a really entertaining uh, dynamic. Yeah, like he's bleeding from the head, he's bleeding from the throat, now he's bleeding profusely from his mouth. <laughs> but he's good. He's he's never on the back foot. He just fucking hurts a lot. Yeah, yeah. But of course, it's the it's JoJo's. You you think his big move missed? Big moves never miss. They're just to dis- to, to disguise the real big move. 
Yep. It, it would have been nice, I guess, if that bullet to the mouth killed him. But really, it was a fairy to get the last three sex pistols on one of the, the borrowed stasis bullets. Yep. So they can do a, a tippity tap 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 and have it point back at Sale. <laughs> yeah. So Craftworks comes out to deflect the bullet, but the bullet splits in two. Uh-huh. And curves around Craftwork. The sex pistols split the bullet in two, and one of those halves curves around and hits its target, which is Misa was aiming for the bullet that was already frozen in Sale's forehead. Mm-hmm. And the force of this half of a bullet hits the bullet that's already there and pushes it just deep enough into his brain to kill him. Like and you a, even get like a cross section of the bullet going deeper into his brain. Like a deadly game of pool he's playing. <laughs> Yeah. And and so uh, uh, the, the day is won. Everyone's happy. Uh, uh, the whole crew is saved from this ambush. I mean, I guess they would have been. We, we did at least get the guy out of the harbor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the second best possible result. They, they were hoping to, to take him alive and see if there were any other accomplices. But oh, well. And there's a long bit here where, like, Misa's explaining his whole strategy, and Sally just stands there completely frozen for a while until he goes wall-eyed and blood erupts from his nose, and then he just falls over dead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then uh, all six sex pistols high-five, except for one pair where one punches the other and it starts crying. Yeah, number three is a no-good bully. I'm here. I'm team number five when it comes to sex yep. pistols. Yep. I guess I guess we haven't talked about the Sex Pistols. We've been doing a lot of band talk this week. We should talk about the Sex Pistols, mm-hmm. like widely regarded as the foundational punk act. I'm more of a Clash man myself, but I'm I'm just mm. glad that a good band is here. <laughs> <laughs> Sex Pistols had a pretty uh, uh, big career for only having two songs, so uh, got mm. got to give them credit for that. But. Uh, <laughs> The driver goes back to to the harbor as the lagoon, the the yacht everybody else is on, starts to pull in. And then Giorno, who's been hunting this blood trail, catches up and commandeers this truck, telling him to go chase after a guy who's already dead. That that's our <laughs> yes. big comedy ending. It's it's a it's a little bit more refined. It's it's more of a thinker than a dog farting at someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's in that vein. Yep. Yeah, that's the that's the three episodes for this week. I think the debut of Sex Pistols is very good. I like Sex Pistols a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just the combo of Mista and Sex Pistols. Moody Blues, also pretty cool. I like the, the idea. It's barely even a combat stand. It can punch and that's it. It's yeah, basically yeah. just a guy, who a normal man who can punch. And technically so can I, but it's not like it's going to do anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I like to think of myself as as the Moody Blues. I think we have a lot in common, uh, <laughs> mostly being moody sometimes. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What what I think is interesting about this stretch is like that's two fights in a row where Jorno is just a chump. Like he, yeah. d- <laughs> yep. It, it really shows that this guy who's been so capable up until he joins the crew, once he's with them, what they're doing, the the sort of well-oiled machine they've become, he's not mm. in it yet. Like they're they're on a whole other level and he's he's got to start he's got to find a place for himself. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah, Bruno's rocket punch, we can see that there is room for him, but he hasn't found that room. He he hasn't settled into it yet. Yeah. 
I would probably compare part five to part three as being the JoJo part that's the most similar to it. So there will be a farting dog soon. Oh, yeah. Okay. Part five goes out of its way to make sure that every major uh, cast member gets like a big introductory fight for themselves. And we still got two to go. Yeah. I like that they take the time to give you like a big like solo fight with each of them, essentially. Well, I guess Abakio is a little different. He helps a lot. (laughs) <laughs> but he isn't the one to solve it. Mm-hmm. Well, he solves it, but he doesn't fix the problem. Yeah, yeah. Imagine, imagine Abakio, the, uh, the the private eye. Like, I want to find out if my wife's been cheating. That's the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, yes. He should just been a PI. Hey, Moody Blues, show me what was happening in that hotel room an hour ago. Yep, your wife's cheating. Yep, uh huh. Yep. It looks like she's cheating with a ghost right now. Yeah. You want to see some really weird photo evidence of it? Don't pay attention to the forehead. <laughs> but yeah, it's I I also just really like some of the powers that you get to see early on. The deflating everything power is pretty wacky. Mm-hmm. But I really like Saleh's power of just affixing things. Yeah. That's neat. I feel like you could almost get and whole extra battle out of that power. Like, what else could you do with that? Well, just just ask the Japanese speedrun community what you can do with that. <laughs> yeah. Now, see, if Saleh had just done that with a tree, he could have ridden <laughs> it straight to the treasure. <laughs> <laughs> but, but also, going back to something I was saying last week, mm-hmm. the vibe among the group has not changed. Giorno's probo- probationary status is still in effect. Nobody learned anything about anybody's stand. And live to tell the tale, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a weird dynamic. Like, I kind of like it, but it's very different from every other JoJo so far. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like, yeah, especially once Jorno joins the rest of the group. Like, at this point, at least, it's it feels like everyone's getting a similar amount of screen time. Like, Jorno is just another part of the cast and not the main guy right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's he's the intern. He is... <laughs> yeah. He's getting everybody's mafia coffee. <laughs> yeah. Like, Giorno did a big stunt at the start of the the fight on the boat. It spurned Abakio into action, but it didn't, didn't actually earn that much respect with him. <laughs> no, no. It was just like, fucking fine, I'll do something about this. At least in the Kraftwerk fight, he had a positive, like, effect. Like... <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah. That fight would not have went as well if they didn't go get him early, and Jorno did that. He did a thing. <laughs> yeah, I really wish we could have seen them ride the fish. Yeah, yeah. I always want to ride a fish. Like, were they just holding on to the fish, or was it like maybe if they had actually raised the sails on the boat, they could mm. have gone faster than the fish? Uh, I don't yeah. know if they considered that. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to know if they had, like, a rope around the fish and they were just, like, getting pulled by it. Because it wasn't that big of a fish. No, no. It's it's the sort of fish you'd, like, lift over your head and take a picture of if you caught it. But you could yeah. easily lift it over your head is, is also what I'm saying, you know? <laughs> yeah. And also, like, Giorno can't direct the animals he creates. Like- you keep saying that. You keep saying that, and it keeps keep not being that. true. Yeah, it's true. He he <laughs> said that it's just a living thing, and like the first episode with the frog, but that was also while he had the frog come directly to him. The animals always go exactly where he wants them to. It's true. It's true. Like, okay, the thing with the the Narancia shoes fly, 
Like, oh, that fly knows it belongs to Narancia. Okay, the life preserver on the yacht does not belong to the harbor. <laughs> yeah, he could just pilot the animals. <laughs> he could, come on, let's let's all be honest, he pilots the animals. Jono should probably just make a big fucking angry gorilla or something and just make it punch <laughs> shit. That'd be fun. That's what I would do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If Jorno wanted to kill me, that would be terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Like, what am I going to do? I'm going to get in a car, drive away. He's going to turn that car into a tiger. I'm inside a tiger. He's got me. <laughs> yep. Jorno really does have one of the weirdest roundabout, most powerful stands. Right. <laughs> I just always wish it was used a little bit more like that. Even aside from the fact that any animal that gets hit, the damage just goes back to the person who struck the animal. Oh, I'm not like, striking this tiger. I'm dead. I've been eaten by a tiger. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like, yeah, just get somebody inside a thing and turn that thing into a small animal. They're dead. <laughs> They're dead or maybe the animal also explodes. I don't know. But does that reflect back on the guy? Who knows? <laughs> and, then, and then you explode. <laughs> and then you explode. Oh, God. <laughs> Like, just just the ability to turn something anyone is standing on into a snake. Yeah. That, like, that. That's it, you're going to have a bad day, you know? What no, if no matter you, how things twist and turn from there, you're having a bad yeah. day. What if somebody was standing on something and you turned it into, like, one of those giant pitcher plants that dissolves stuff, <laughs> that crawls in it? That'd be pretty bad. Even if it's not like an instantaneous death, he at least got him trapped in there, and it smells really bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, turn it into that one tree where if you barely even touch the leaves, you get like incredible pain all over your body for a solid year. That's a good one. <laughs> I've turned your pants into poison ivy. Yeah. I turned all of your clothes into a cactus. <laughs> like, there's so many good opportunities here. Just ruin someone's day. You do not want to get into a prank war with Giorno Giovanna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sex Pistols seems, like, really underpowered compared to that, like, oh, what, you're just gonna shoot me? <laughs> yeah, but really good. You're just gonna have a bullet that can change direction up to six times on its way to shooting me? Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna curve the bullet. Yeah, Jorno, Jorno really does have the most powerful stand <laughs> out of the entire gang. <laughs> like, knowing what the other two can do. Okay, one of the other two has a very powerful stand as well, but... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Still, Jornos is just the mo- the most freeform one. You could do almost anything. Uh, well, I'm sure we're going to to find out about at least one of our our two remaining uh, uh, Passione crew stands in mm-hmm. next week's episodes. Episodios. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's a weird mix of uh, uh, languages. <laughs> that's that's not right. Mm-hmm. Nine through eleven. Uh, nove uh, through. Undici. Mm. Uh, that's the first mission from the boss, Hitman Team, and Naranja's Aerosmith. <laughs> yeah. Or as it's localized, Lil Bomber. <laughs> that one's fun. That one's fun. I'm Lil sure Bomber's it's, cute. I'm sure it's just as literal as six bullets, but it is at least cute. Yeah. My very first ever exposure to Aerosmith as a, as a child was uh, the Flaming Moe's episode of The Simpsons. Yeah. That's how I learned about Aerosmith. Next week, we're going to enjoy love in an elevator. So that's that's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> but until then, see you later, folks. To be continued. To be continued.